welcome to episode six of Terrace Talk. They say it's the most wonderful time of the year. I'm not sure why. I think it's because of the amount of football we get to watch uh, during this time. Uh, it's been a couple of weeks since we joined you, partly because of Southampton in the middle week and how that throws everything off. Uh, I think it was just before the Arsenal game we spoke to you. So that's uh, been four games since then, which we will delve into with uh, my wonderful guests who've joined me in the resplendent departure lounge. We're in at a different time of the day and it's very well lit and uh, feels rather festive in here. I think there's a Christmas tree just over to my right, which is, uh, which is quite nice. You, you like to see that. Um, and joining me this week, two Norwich City fans, Ross Bullard. Ross, how are you? I'm very well. Yourself? I'm, I'm very good, thank you. Good. And Jack as well from Seeing From The Nest. That's correct. Yeah, I'm very good, thank you. Jolly, jolly good. Right, let's start as we always like to do on here then. We've got some almost... I don't want to say Jeremy Paxman-like questions, but just some nice quick-fire questions to ease us in. Has anyone wanted to take a preference on going first? Jack looks ready, doesn't he? Jack, go, oh, there you go. Man. You've Thanks. been nominated. <laughs> right, th- these are fairly straightforward. So we'd, we'd just like to get a, a bit more knowledge about you as a fan, I suppose, mm-hmm. and, and how you watch the Canaries uh, week in, week out. So first and foremost, nice easy one, where do you sit in the ground? Uh, I prefer to sit in the south stand. Um, I was just saying to Ross earlier, actually, I'm getting married next year, so I've been able to have a season ticket this year. Um, but yeah, Southdown is my, is my preference. Well, hopefully you can return next year then uh, to your desired seat. And who do you go with? Do you go with anyone? Uh, usually go with my partner uh, or away games. I like to go with uh, my brother, um, things like that, just different friends, different family. Lovely. And uh, what was your first game? Uh, my first game, wow. Um, one that I can remember, I think it was 2005. It was... Uh, Burnley at home over the Christmas period. I think we won 2-0 that day. I think it was, yeah, I'm pretty sure it was Boxing Day or just after 2005, beat Burnley. Well, let's hope that's an omen for this festive period right, then and we can, we can get a win. But more on that later. Uh, what about your favourite game that you've seen as an Irish fan? Wembley. Easy. It was just... No debate. Amazing. <laughs> what, what an experience that was. It was just phenomenal. Absolutely incredible indeed. Yeah, it was, uh, I was there as a, in a fan capacity as well that day. That yeah, was, uh, was, that was something you won't forget. And... Oh, ask you now something a bit different in terms of your favourite niche player someone who perhaps isn't what you describe as a club legend but perhaps you like them for a weird or obscure reason ever or up to you cool um, got a bit of a thing for Dixon Atuhu don't know why, why. just absolute powerhouse I just loved him in centre midfield <laughs> and I know it's a, that is a proper obscure one I know um, but I thought he was, he was great for the time that we had him and he was just solid in the middle so, yeah. hey, the obscure the better and then finally do you have any uh, fans are quite superstitious that's what I've learned uh, mm-hmm. doing this show in, in the six weeks that we've done it uh, do you have any strange or maybe not strange fairly routine pre-match rituals um, that you think gives, gives Norwich a bit of luck uh, uh, on a match day not particularly no I just hope for the best like everyone else really um, and yeah and just not, no, no superstitions my brother does he lays out his, um, his Norwich City shirt on his bed every, every, really? every Saturday morning um, nicely nicely uh, laid out but for me no I just just really hope for the best more than anything Jolly good that's your that's your grilling over oh, okay. uh, thank you very much Ross let's come on to you then yeah. um, first of all so I'll ask you the same question whereabouts you sit in the ground uh, lower Barclay blocky halfway back the, uh, the, the best block to sit in uh, also the along come Norwich boys have told me anyway uh, who do you go to football with uh, home games there's three of us three group of mates and then away games it varies a few of us will go depends on normally weekends away so We'll just vary up every weekend. Lovely. Same question for you. What was your first game that either you can remember or, or that you've been told? Uh, the year 2000, we beat QPR at home 1-0, Zima Abbey. Peter Crouch was playing for QPR as well that day, so yeah, it was a good day. Nice, party, nice bit of knowledge. Um, Favourite game you've seen as an Norwich fan? Uh, probably last year at Leeds. 
it was just the whole day was sensational night the night out after was brilliant as well um but yeah just it was just brilliant the whole game everything was just fantastic so brilliant stuff uh favorite niche player again someone that you perhaps like for a bit of an obscure reason back in the day this is a real obscure one cody mcdonald when we had him up top i seriously thought he was going to keep us up that year him and alan gal but just didn't obviously didn't happen uh but yeah cody was another one darren kenton i used to love as well uh we saw him at leeds in the away end with the norwich fans last year again that's what made that day pretty special as well so yeah those two always good to meet your heroes isn't it and uh finally any pre-match rituals that, that you abide by on a match day last year i did last year the brown coat i've got over there and a pair of jeans i had used to wear them every week i split the jeans in january the missus had to keep summing them up every week. Uh, and when Leeds lost at Brentford, we went to Stoke on Easter Monday. Yeah. Sweltering hot. I still had the coat, still had the jeans on. When Leeds lost in the car on the way home, that was it. The jeans ripped up, gone, and I knew we were, we were up at that point. But no, this year, nothing so far. So That's Daniel Farker level of commitment to the coat, I think. Um, as I said at the top of the show, it's been a while since we joined you. I think it was just before Arsenal. Uh, and uh, we've all feeling a bit positive after that Everton win. Four games since then, and we'll, we'll run through them. Of course, Arsenal 2-2 draw. Uh, Southampton, a 2-1 defeat. Sheffield United, a 2-1 defeat. And then Leicester, a 1-1 draw as well. Um, been a mixed period. Jack, how, how do you reflect on, on the last four games? Um, positives, definitely. Arsenal was a great result, and I think a lot of people, including myself, came away actually a little bit disappointed that we didn't get all three points. Southampton, I think the less said about that, the better, really. The first half was just, you know, not, it was very similar to the second half of the Sheffield United game. It was, um, I don't know, we just seemed to be a bit frantic with the ball. We didn't keep hold of it as, as we did in the, in the Arsenal game and in the, op, in the other halves of both those games as well. Um, so, yeah, th- those two were ones that we really should have picked up points with. Um, but the Leicester game, wow. I don't think anyone expected that. You know, people were saying three, four. Some people, you know, the, the scummers down the road saying our, our, our record could be broken. Um, and yeah, I'm really ple- pleasantly shocked with it, I think. Um, we deserved a point, definitely. I wouldn't say we did enough to win the game, really. Um, but I think a point was fair for the level of commitment that we showed. And, you know, they, you could see that the players were relieved with it as well. So. Yeah, yeah right. I'm, I'm with you, actually. I think a draw was probably a fair reflection yeah. on that game. And we'll delve into that a bit more later. Uh, Ross, I want to ask you about that Southampton and, and Sheffield United doubleheader. Uh, your eyes are roll, I know, <laughs> I apologise. Um, because at the time and, and after that Sheffield United game, that did feel like quite a big week for Norwich City, didn't it? It did, yeah. At the Southampton game, it, it, both games were just two halves. You know, first half at Southampton, second half against Sheffield United. I don't mind losing... You know, if every week I, I don't mind as long as we do the basics and I felt the basics just completely went out the window especially second half against Sheffield United we've done so well that first half and then second half we just completely went away from what we believe in and what we do and you know people say to me oh whenever teams press us we then turn into a different team well Leicester pressed us on Saturday and we played around and Manchester City played around it. you know all, all those teams that we've beaten have pressed us but it's just one of those things unfortunately um, we've now got to look to move on and big festive period ahead so why did you think in those two games in particular, you mentioned there and, and, and Jack alluded to it as well, in terms of there almost being two good halves in both games, but not quite being able to stitch two halves together? Yeah, can't really put my finger on it. I've, I lived in Southampton for about 15 years and speaking to lads before the game down there, they were saying that it's, well, after the game, sorry, they were saying it's the best half of football that they've played all season. So sometimes, all right, maybe the other team is just a little bit better. At the same time, 
how many times, without picking on individuals, how many times did Amadou get the ball away that first half? We just were not at our best. And I just think if we can, like we did Saturday, get a full 90 minutes of a decent performance and look solid, then we look all right. But yeah, that second half against Sheffield United was really disappointing because I felt we had that game in the bag. I know they're fifth and I know they're up there, but I really felt they were there for the taking more than anything, to be honest. So that was the disappointment. It was a funny game, wasn't it, that Sheffield United game? Obviously, the the manner of the first half, which was so good, and I don't know if I've concluded that whether Norwich were brilliant or Sheffield United just weren't quite mm-hmm. at the races. I've not quite decided where I am with that yet. But yeah. equally, was was the manner in which Norwich failed to respond to Sheffield United coming out after the break with a little bit of oomph yeah, um, ab- disappointing? Absolutely. absolutely. Um, and we knew Chris Wilder was going to send them out, and we knew he was going to be riled up about it. You know, he famously doesn't like us um, after what happened last time. I and, think he's um, mellowed a little bit. Well, well, has he though, really? <laughs> has he? Um, yeah, he's, we, we knew they were going to come out for it. I think the fact that we conceded two goals in quick succession and so early on in that second half, it really took the wind out of us. And you, could, you can hear um, in the fans as well, it completely just, you know, knocked the stuffing out of us, really. Um, and then we couldn't really get back into it. So it was, it, like you say, it was a massive shame. Um, but last weekend's much better you know a good improvement so hopefully we're on the way up now really how many of them sorry at the Sheffield United and Norwich I think there was quite a lot of the same team that actually played the year before so that's that was the worrying thing for me is actually the two sides weren't too different from when we played them in January and had a really close fought game it was just a case of they've got that bit of confidence and I keep talking about it in recent weeks we've got a young team with confidence and the confidence has been a little bit low a little bit fragile and as soon as that goal went in, I reckon if we'd have got to an hour without conceding, we probably would have been all right. But whenever it was 49th minute, we could see that's it. Heads go down, confidence goes and implode from there. So. And the way Norwich play football, the way they, they want to pass the ball, that confidence is so essential, isn't it? Massive. And we saw that Saturday. As soon as they got that goal, well, even before the goal, we were absolutely fantastic. You know, that's one thing. The only thing that I would say, watching Brighton on Monday night, they had, I think, is it proper? He just kept going to get the ball and play. That's where we miss a Leitner, in my opinion. Maybe away from home, you need a Teti and a Tribal together. But if we can just get a Leitner on the ball to just distribute it, as he has done previously this season when he has played, in the deeper position, not further up, then I think that could be the key. But we, we looked really good Saturday, really good. And I promise we will come on Saturday. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not keeping Janus into that, that negative uh, spell. But I, I think when Sheffield United scored that second goal, that's as resigned as I felt Carroll Road for a while. Yeah. It, it felt a little bit like there was a probably a lot of belief that, that left the ground in, in that moment. Um, it felt quite low afterwards. Is, is that your reflection of it? Did you, did you feel quite low after that yeah, game, quite de- disappointed? Deflating, really. Um, and it was, it was the manner in which we conceded as well. Like, I, I think Max Ahrens is brilliant and he'll go on to like, much bigger things. He's, he is, I think, a future England international in the senior team. Um, but you have to at least like the first goal for example you have to at least put your body on the line and he didn't he didn't do that um, and even the second goal it was it was sloppy in the way that no one really closed I think it was Bulldog when it was scored no one closed him down um, we stood off I think it was Vrancic as well that tried to clear the ball and just didn't really yeah just didn't get hold of the ball at all so um, yeah deflating and it, it was just a sucker punch Sucker punch. There we go. Right, let's let's bring things. I'll, I'll try and put a bit more of a, a positive spin. And again, before we dissect uh, Leicester with with real uh, knowledge, I'll, I'll use the word knowledge. I, I trust you guys. Um, five points from a possible fifteen. From where Norwich were, have they stabilised things a little bit for you? 
still a long way to go. My only concern, I got absolutely ripped to shreds in the pub on Saturday at Leicester when I said, my worry is that I, looking at the table, and I'm thinking, are there three worse teams than us at this moment in time? That's my only worry. Still a long way to go. I think we need to look at the table again, eight o'clock New Year's Day evening, after these four, run of four games, and have a look and see where we are then. But I think, have we stabilised? This is Norwich City, you know, we could come out Saturday and go and put four past Wolves, but at the same time we could go and concede five, you just don't know what you're going to get, do you? So, stability, no, probably not, um, because I don't think you're ever going to get stability with Norwich, no matter where we're playing and what we're doing, but I just think there's been periods in the games, the Southampton game, second half, Sheffield United first half, and again Saturday, which showed we can complete at this level and can do a job, it's just now getting that consistency, now the confidence is hopefully up there get a run of games together so you don't have to think about it too much and just crack on with the next one yeah in fairness I remember Norwich being in a fairly healthy position around Christmas time under Alex Neal after they beat Manchester United it looked like they'd sort of pulled away a little bit and then it was a, a bad run of form so as, as you say this this league is unpredictable I'm going to ask you uh, the question that, that Ross just asked are there three worst teams than Norwich City in the Premier League at this moment um, Watford I think are the only ones that I can I can really say Southampton have a bit of a knack of producing results when they need to um, but I think Watford with the return of Troy Deeney even then it's a bit dubious I think they are probably the one team that I say will definitely go down um, with regards to three teams worse than us at the minute it's difficult to say as you say stability and inconsistency really is, the, is probably the thing that could kill us by the end of the season um, I'd like to think there's three, three worse teams than us um, and I'd you know could even throw Villa in the hat really with with different things that have been going on there um, but yeah too early to say I think and there we go Merry Christmas everyone uh, let's, let's try to keep things positive uh, right let's let's I'll, I'll allow you guys to, to talk about it and get carried away about it now Leicester City as you said uh, probably Norwich fans and, and myself included who travelled to the, to the King Power on Saturday in, in hope rather than expectation uh, what a performance that was um, I, I don't think anyone was anticipating that no no I was honestly I was expecting three, four, a, a comfortable win for Leicester. Um, but yeah, I can't, I, honestly, I um, <laughs> can't really believe it. And I think a lot of that goes down. Like my man of the match was Tom Tribal because I thought he had an excellent game in closing down Madison, making sure he didn't get the ball, closing down Tielemans, making sure he didn't get the ball because they are those two most creative players. Um, and Madison hardly had a, had a look in um, on Saturday. So um, yeah, it was a great result and I really, really hope now we can build on that because we desperately need it. I'll read you some statistics about Leicester that I've got written down here. Uh, they've won all their games at home since the opening day, which of course was a draw against Wolves and the, uh, the last defeat was, was to Liverpool. That, that shows how impressive that result was on Saturday. It does. I was, it's easy to say, easy to say it now after the game, I was quietly confident because I do feel <laughs> it's, it's coming in. <laughs> in the case, only in the sense of we seem to play better against the teams that are towards the top end of the table this season. And if we do look back at the end of the season, we may regret these Watford, Southampton results, Villa results, potentially. But against the top teams, we played really well. And I said on Saturday, if we get the first goal, I do think we've got a chance here. But every time we've conceded the first goal, you just think it could, how many? But um, it, it was a big result. It was a big result, but it's going to count for nothing if we, don't, if we don't do what we need to do at home over this festive period when we've got three home games now need to really push on and, and make it count that's, that's the key 
Absolutely. Worth noting uh, at this point as well, I think Aston Villa's next three games are Southampton, Norwich and Watford. Yeah. So uh, a massive opportunity for them to perhaps pull themselves out of it a little bit. Uh, you, you guys have both alluded to it a little bit in terms of how Norwich play better against the better teams in, in the league. Why do you think that is? I think it's the lack of expectation to really excel and um, it's, it's just the, the freedom. Like, Just go out there, try your best and you know that City fans are... We always get behind it. We always get behind the team, no matter what we always do. Even through you know the hardships and things like that, we'd always get behind them. Um, and yeah, I, th- I just think the fact that there was no expectation, there was no pressure on them, like there was at Watford and Southampton. There was pressure to get the results. Same as Man City, there was no expectation. People were saying eight, nine, nil, you know, because <laughs> um, the amount of injuries we had too. And it was yeah. And same with Arsenal. You can you can say it about a lot of the games. Um, just a lack of expectation from fans and you can see it the, the players are just oozing in confidence then Do you agree with that? I do yeah I don't like this whole oh, we'll up our game against the better teams I, I, don't, I don't think that is the case I just think it's purely a case of teams trying to play football against us and that actually works in our favour the Manchester Cities, the Leicesters of this world trying to play through us and if we get it right and if we do get that first goal as we did and what was it three passes tribal to Emmy Emmy straight into Pukki and we score and in all honesty, I, I said it at the end, I think we were a broken toe away from winning that game, if I'm being honest, because there's no way that if Pukki doesn't have a broken toe, he's not getting on the end of one of them two balls over the top. Um, so, yeah, it's just one of those things. Yeah, a, bro- a broken toe indeed. Uh, of course, we, we found out subsequently it isn't broken, thank goodness, but uh, a, a race against time to be fit for for Saturday. But let's uh, speak a little bit more about this idea of, of Norwich playing better against the better sides. It's a really interesting concept. Is it just that the, the better teams, if, if you want to use that, give Norwich more space to play? Um, because I, I think what I saw on, on Saturday was actually a Norwich side who were braver in possession. I wouldn't say about you know, giving us more room to play and things like more time to play and things like that. Um, if you look back on that on that Man City game, we did exactly the same as what they did to us. They harried us and they constantly pre- constantly pressed us. Um, and on the on the day, you know, it could nine times out of ten, you know, we wouldn't we wouldn't have won that game. But just for this game, we were simply the better team. Um, and I don't think there is, you know, that we are playing against the bigger teams. We have to step up in our performances, things like that. We just found a way, and it stuck. And it worked. Um, you can say the same. Leeds last year, you know, Leeds were okay. Probably should have gone up last year. Um, they were a very good team, but we again we played our game. They pressed us. We did exactly the same to them, and we came off better. Um, so yeah, I think we're we're doing all right. We are doing all right. And even against the bigger teams, against the smaller teams, um, I think we'll I think we'll be fine. I do. Yeah, it's, again, it's, it's an interesting point you, you make there because as much as everyone felt so down after that Sheffield United defeat, suddenly a, a positive result against Leicester, a few teams around Norwich dropping points and, and things look so rosy again. Is, it, is that a, an illustration, I suppose, of, of how big getting a result in this division is? I think so, and I now think Farker's got a clear idea of who he wants where and obviously the injuries, if I hear that I word one more time, but injuries, injuries. I hear it again later. Oh dear, yeah. Um, <laughs> Yeah, we've had injuries and it, it, it hasn't helped us. Um, but now, you know, he's got that number 10 sorted now with Kenny. He's been absolutely superb the last few weeks. Um, I feel a bit sorry for Steepman. He's just not, unfortunately, been able to make that cut. And it showed with that chance in the 90th minute on Saturday when I seriously thought he was going to bang that home and he's given it a pass back to the keeper. But 
I just think he's now got a, uh, his position sorted in terms of who he wants where. He's, he's got Emmy on the right. He's got Todd and O'Neill who he can rotate on the left. He's got Teti and Tribal in there and Amadou if need be in the holding midfielders. Um, and he's now got Kenny as his number 10 with Marco sort of backing him up where perhaps when we had all the injuries, he was sort of trying to change it over a little bit. And, you know, even against Southampton that first half when he dropped Amadou back and played through at the back, it was just panic buttons. All right, let's just try something to try and sort this out. Where I think now there's a bit of stability be interested to see I'm not sure whether you're going to go into it today but what we do in January what then goes from there um, if you're going to believe the sources then Weber's already done his verbal agreements on two or three deals and that's that'll be us sort of sorted for January but we'll see what happens we'll see what happens we will indeed uh, yeah we might go on to January we'll, we'll see how we do for time um, it's it, yeah it's, it's a really interesting position Norwich find themselves in because we've we've probably been in this position four times speaking about Norwich City in terms of them having a positive result yeah. and, and saying right okay how do they build upon this we've seen a template that they can use that they can take forward and they haven't quite managed to do that is, is there go, there's going to become a point isn't there where they do need to build on, on results and they do need to, to string some results together definitely and that was a key for me after that Arsenal game I walked away from Carrow and thought Southampton Sheffield United after two brilliant performances here we go and I stood there at Southampton on that Wednesday night and thought what what is, what is going on? I just could not believe it. How can you... I don't understand as a professional how you can go from being that good on a Sunday to being that poor on a Wednesday. There's such you know contrast difference. But I just think you need that consistency if you're going to do well. You need a run. Everyone, I think you spoke about it a few weeks ago about Bournemouth when they were in a similar position to us a few years ago. I think they then went on a run over Christmas and did really, really well. You need to go on a run of some at some point, whether it's two wins on the bounce, three wins on the bounce... We haven't had that yet. We've had a win and then it's been a case of, right, well, we've picked up a draw. You know, we haven't, you know, last win was Everton now, wasn't it? So it's now a case of, right, finding that win. This is the perfect time now. Four games in however many days. If we could pick up, I'd take seven from 12. Uh, if we can do something like that, I'd be, be laughing. But easier said than done. If, if they do that, we'll all be having a yeah, very good Christmas, I think. Uh, look at, looking at that Christmas schedule, it, it, it is essential, isn't it, that this is a period where Norwich City do pick up some points because so many games in such a small period, it, yeah. it almost feels like you can probably get your head above the water but but you can equally get pushed down as well yeah and what we have to remember is it's the same for everybody as well everybody in that league has got the same amount of games over that Christmas period there's no respite we can't use it as an excuse because like we say um, yeah ev- everyone has to play those games um, but it's, it's difficult isn't it well seven points I mean I don't know I don't know I, I'll be I'll be honestly happy games at home you've got a, you've got to in this league with us as well yeah. especially in position where we are you've got to take advantage of your home form and we're having three games at home you've got to especially I fancy us against Wolves simply because they play football and I think we could probably get through them and Palace as well this is Norwich we're going to beat Spurs and then lose 3-0 <laughs> home to Palace you just don't know do you but you know that's just one of those things but three games at home you'd like to think we'll get some points yeah, let's, let's read that Christmas schedule in full then. Obviously starts with Wolves uh, at home on Saturday, then Aston Villa, Villa Park. That feels like an increasingly uh, big fixture. Uh, Tottenham Hotspur at home as well. Jose Mourinho coming into town just, uh, just after two days after Boxing Day uh, before Norwich entertain Crystal Palace. And then we all head off in the FA Cup to Preston, which we're all delighted about, <laughs> as you can imagine. Um, You've, you've mentioned it there. You think seven is, is unrealistic. How many points would, would you take from that run of games? I'll be happy with minimum four. I'd be happy with minimum four, but I, I think we'll get six. I think you're right with Wolves and Wolves and Palace, definitely. Um, because, like you say, Wolves, 
play to our strengths as well. Um, Palace game, yeah, I just, I just think, I think we'll do them. They, they didn't look great on Monday night against Brighton, um, and I, I think, I think we can do that. Spurs, who knows? <laughs> who knows? Like, yeah, who, who knows? Um, but I think the game against Villa is going to be so nervy. I think for both teams, anything can happen with that one. Um, but for me, six would be a re- really, really good Christmas period for Norwich. And of course, the importance as well. And again, you alluded to earlier with January. But if, if Norwich do come out of this situation and they are cut adrift, then realistically, attracting players in, in that window is going to be incredibly difficult. Yeah, but I trust Farker. I trust Weber with their recruitment. I know a lot. Or actually, I don't say a lot of it. That would be harsh. Some of them haven't come off. Um, but in the grand scheme of things, the recruitment that we have done has been phenomenal. If you think two years ago in January, we signed Arnel Hernandez. Um, and look what he's gone on to do he had an amazing season last season for us very unlucky that the start of this season with his knee injury Um, and even when he's been back he's been one of our best one of our best players so whether we spend nothing whether we bring in one loan whether we bring in I don't know a couple of players and spend three or four million as long as they stick to the stick to the philosophy that that we've got they work hard um, you know we can't ask much more than that yeah, I think Marcus Edwards was also a January signing. Um, we won't talk about that one. We won't talk about that one, but that, that, that's okay. Um, I'm going to ask you a quick question about January before we uh, move on to injuries, which we, we're all itching to talk about uh, some more because we haven't spoke about yeah, them enough this season. Um, what positions would you like to see strengthened in, in the window? I'd like a centre-half just to try and relieve that. The problem is you get a centre-half in now, closer gets fit at the end of the season. Suddenly you've got five. And then all of a sudden you've got five again. But, yeah, I just think... Not necessarily a position. I'd like an experienced head in there. Um, someone to sort of help these young guys out. I think people forget that Ben Godfrey's still a young lad. Um, and not criticising him at all. But if you actually look back at the goals this season that we've conceded, a lot of them have come through him. And I think that hasn't helped not having an experienced head by him. Uh, he's helped having Zimbo back recently. I'd like to be see someone else for Pukki up top if I'm honest with you nothing on Dimitri at all he's not had the opportunity and he's injured at the moment as well um, he, apart from that it's not really a huge amount that I would look into maybe another left back but again Byram's done brilliantly in there but to be honest with you if Max Hunter had such a good game on Saturday I would have looked to put Sam at right back and put Jamal back in um, but yeah centre half I think has got to be a got to be priority in my I think the loan market is uh, is going to be one to watch this window for Norwich. I just I just get that feeling. Uh, let's look ahead to Wolves then. Um, injuries, we've got to go there again. It, it feels like we've had a little break and now we're back with them. Timmy Pukki, of course, uh, suffered that, that toe injury in mm-hmm. uh, Leicester, obviously. Um, Pat, I think it was Paddy who, who confirmed on, on the pinkin that, that it wasn't a break, but he remains a doubt for the game. And, of course, the news that's broken today is, as we film this, that uh, Ben Godfrey was, was spotted in. Uh, London Liverpool Street uh, today with a, a brace on his knee. Mm-hmm. More worrying, concerning news for, for Norwich City and, and centre backs and injuries in general. Yeah, it is the this Godfrey one is you know that's come at a horrible time for us. It really has. Um, as um, as Ross said as well, it's um, you know he's he is a young lad. He's he's done all right this year and he has got better since Zimmerman's been back. And I think what's happened now is it's just really unfortunate. Um, but we've also had the news, you know, Hanley's almost back in contention. Whether he will feature on the on the weekend, I don't know. Whether it will be Tessie or Amadou that drops back, um, is you know remains to be seen. But um, who would you like to see? I would personally like to see Amadou in there. Um, Hanley, I think he's not 
fully fit yet from what I've uh, from what I've read what I've heard um, so I just think another another game will do him and I just think Tati needs to stay in midfield because he has played so well there recent weeks it would be um, it, would, it would be a big shame to to lose that that toughness we've got in, in the centre midfield so yeah Amadou for me yeah, I think I concur. Um, Wolves then, Adama Traore, uh, Dave was telling me before I left that uh, whoscored.com, which is quite a, a good place for football statistics, has him ranked as the fourth most informed player in Europe. Um, so there you go, that's a, that's a nice one ahead of Saturday. Yeah, Vardy must have been up there and look what, look what he did on the weekend. Well, so. I, I think if I was Jamie Vardy, I'd be very angry about that goal not being given to me, especially when I'm in a run like that, to be honest. Uh, I certainly wouldn't want to have been the, the one who told him that no, that wasn't his goal, that's for sure. But how did Norwich stop a player like Traore pay power ability uh, they did it quite well when he when he played for Middlesbrough it was James Husband that night who, who nullified him quite well in, in probably one of his only yeah. good Norwich City performances but the less said about that the better how, how did Norwich stop uh, Traore two words Sam Byram Raheem Sterling they all gave it the big one about Raheem Sterling Sam Byram kicked him into touch so I just I, yeah at the end of the day you've just got a man for man on you you've just got to do, do your job as we, as we did Saturday as we have done in previous games do your, do your job man for man you'd like to you'd probably think it's Byram up against him um, and just do your job you know don't give him a run on you if you can yeah he's a good player but there's so many good players every team in this league has got good players we're not playing no disrespect we're not playing the likes of Bolter at home anymore Rotherham at home anymore these are, these are top quality sides they're going to have quality players throughout it's not just him, you've got Jimenez, you've got Matinho, you've got Neves, you've got all good players all around the pitch. And you just got to trust that our group of players and the way that we play together will edge it on the day and be enough. I think what Saturday taught me about this division is just how difficult it is to get a result in the Premier League. If, if Norwich played like that in the Championship, they, they'd probably win the game fairly comfortably. And they played that well on Saturday and all, all they got was, was a draw. Um, Wolves, eighth in the league, one loss in sixth. In six, in six, rather, if I if I can get my words out, um, are you confident going into this game? Quietly, yes. Quietly confident, yeah. I just think again, it comes back to the getting the good result and then following on after it because typical Norwich, they've given us a bit of hope with a good result. You better <laughs> hope that they don't let you down on a Saturday. I just hope that as a, as fans, we can just stick with them because if we get the first goal, all right, Sheffield United's a different example. If we get the first goal. I truly believe still that I think a team is going to get three or four against them. I still believe that if we get the first goal at home. But it's just having the fans on board. When we can see that home at the minute, the place is, well, you know, when you're there every week, it's just, it goes dead. Um, and I'm just hoping now if we can get that first goal, start well, first 10, 15, who knows what could happen. But they are a good side. They are a good side. They've done well in this league. So, Absolutely. How are you feeling ahead of uh, Saturday? Yeah, very much the same. Quietly confident with that. Um, I just I look back on Wolves this season and they started in you know mid July with all their Europa League games so th- in th- at this period of time as well it's demanding um, and I think this could be a, a bit of a time where they start to struggle they haven't really had that period this season where they've you know everyone has that run at some point of the season where they struggle to pick up points um, I'm hoping this is this is the start of their one this weekend um, but yeah very very good team so any anything could probably happen and it probably will because like I say it is Norwich City. Um, but yeah, um, I reckon we can get a very good result out of this. And if they do get a, a good result, then there's the opportunity they can move out of the relegation zone, which, mm. which would be a massive bonus as, as we all head to Villa Park. And, and as you said earlier, it might take the nerves off it a little bit. Let's finish then by getting some score predictions, which everyone loves or, or hates, depending on what side of the fence you, you sit on. But we, we have to do them because they're, they're so interesting. Um, 
Go on then, what's, what's your score prediction for could this? Could be anything, could be 1-1, one, one, could be 5-4, who knows? <laughs> what one are you going to? Uh, <laughs> um, probably more than likely 5-4, you know. Um, realistically, I would say 2-1 either way. Like it, sitting on the fence. Mm. And what about for you? Uh, what's your feeling? Heart is saying 3-1 Norwich, my head is saying 2-2. Two, two. Let's go with your heart then. Go with my heart, be nice. Yeah. Lovely, guys. Thank you uh, very much for joining me. If, if you'd like to get involved uh, on, on the show, then you know where to find us. We'll put the links in, in the description as well, so you can email it and uh, sit where these guys have sat this week to, to give your thoughts on Nero City. It would be uh, an absolute pleasure to have you on. But I think that's, that's just about it, and that, that wraps us up, and we can all go and celebrate Christmas now and hopefully uh, do that with, with three points on Saturday. Uh, and then we can look ahead to Villa Park as opposed to perhaps fearing it slightly. Um, guys, thank you very much for joining me uh, if you enjoyed watching make sure you leave a like and uh, let us know your score prediction as well for Wolves on Saturday I think it's going to be a really fascinating game given where the two teams are and given that Wolves have uh, perhaps progressed in, in a similar way to Norwich a bit um, in, on, on different uh, paths so, so to speak thank you very much for watching and we'll see you again very soon Merry Christmas from us all